Hello everyone, welcome to the Joking Dolphin Gaming Pod. I'm Mark and as always I'm joined by Matthew. Yeah, hello. And Nathan. Good morning everyone. Are we alright? Yep. Yeah, doing well. Jolly good. Right, news. Shall I kick us off with the inevitable news that we're probably going to go through again? Yeah, sure, go on. I'll oh, let you kick off. This is very short. Do, do the big so, news. So, of course, Activision Blizzard, again, because they won't go away, unfortunately. But this is going to be a quick thing. So, the lawsuit has been expanded against Activision Blizzard. And this is an article taken from Axios. California has expanded its anti-discrimination lawsuit against Activision Blizzard, adding temporary workers to the female full-time employees of whom it is suing on behalf. Uh, the state's Department of Fair Employment and Housing also alleges the game maker has interfered with its investigation. Uh, the DFEH also says Activision Blizzard has stymied, stymied, is that a word? Like stifled. Stifled, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, its efforts through NDAs requiring employees to speak with the company ahead of contacting the DFEH and its involvement with Wilma Hale. So Wilma Hale is by the law firm that yeah. they hired, which everyone took against because they were the union-busting one. So that's the law firm that the game maker said will investigate misconduct issues. The suit claims that this directly interferes with DFEH's ability to investigate, prosecute, and remedy workplace discrimination and harassment violations on behalf of employees and contingent or temporary workers. It alleges, in part, that documents related to the investigation and complaints were shredded by human resource personnel in violation of what it asserts is the game company's legal obligation to attain them pending the investigation. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much all there is really to add to that, but it's shredding is, documents. It's like, yeah, naughty. We're going to that now, have we? And on top of that, uh, the character of McCree, who's in Overwatch, he's going to go through a name change, isn't he? Yep. But yep. I don't, pl- I don't play anyway, but I think yeah. it had to happen. It's because Jess McCree is obviously one of these people who's now left the company because of all these allegations. Mm-hmm. And it would have been wrong to keep his name in the game as a main character. Yeah. So, off you go, pal. So, yeah. Don't know what he's going to be re- renamed as. But, yeah. So, that's that. No more of that now. Please. Well, Shall we jump into Gamescom? Or... Yes. Yeah. Yeah, okay. We can jump into Gamescom. So, that happened. Lots. And lots. So- so for me, um, my highlight was the Saints Row reboot that they um, revealed that they were working on. Mm. Um, now, I, I love Saints Row and I don't like what it's devolved into in it being like full of superpowers and absolutely insane plots about you being the president and all that kind of stuff. I think the only highlight for me of the newer game it, games are the, the, like, the dubstep gun. That's, that's all um but in this one it's they're taking it back to back to basics again um, well, it still it still looks a bit crazy it does look a little bit crazy yeah it's it looks very i'd say 2021 very it looks a little bit fortnighty as well in its um yeah. in its style mm. um <laughs> so the premise of the game is that there's going to be four main characters which you are one of and the three other characters are from like rival factions within the city. And they basically don't like how the city's being ran. So you and these three other people come together and you start the Saints. Um, so it's it's pretty much a, a, well, as it says, it's just a reboot of the 
the game franchise really it's, it's got nothing to do with yeah. any of the previous games it's just the start again and and this is it and um yeah it looks from from looking at the trailer it, it does look really fun um you you can set create your own character um and the whole game is going to be available to pl- be played in co-op as well so if you've got a friend that you want to play Tetra with then by all means you can do that and play the entire game um but yeah there's um one of the things that I thought looked good is the is a um a wingsuit that you can use to fly around the city so that looks pretty fun um mm-hmm. but yeah looking forward to that one it's an interesting direction that they've taken this reboot in because um, mm. I think I'm, I'm probably in agreement with you like I think the last sort of good sense role I played was probably three kind of just just before it got a bit too silly with the whole kind of you know now you got now you're playing prison and then you've got superpowers and it just yeah. kind of made um it made things that I enjoyed about sort of two and three mundane at that point because like there was no point using the guns there was no point driving if you could just fly everywhere well that's it if you're like punching people into buildings with super strength and stuff you don't really need yeah. to focus on the gunplay i mean yeah it's great for like half an hour or an hour just wrecking through the city flying around punching people and stuff but long if you want to really pump like 20 or 30 hours into it it's just it gets a bit old pretty quick to be honest and it doesn't give you any challenge either, if you've got that kind of, that level of, of power within the game. I mean, it is good because it's pretty much god mode, but power. Yeah. Yes. You don't want challenges, Nate. Come on. You know me. Yeah. Exactly. Must <laughs> hard mode. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> That's going to release on February the twenty fifth. Mm-hmm. Next yes. year. Next year. Well, February is still the inevitable delay. Yeah, true. Well, February is looking to be a pretty packed month, isn't it? Okay, so I'm interested to know what you think about this one, Matt. Marvel Midnight Suns. Yeah, uh, so I saw the trailer for it. Um, I do like the I do like the story for it. It's very it's very mm. different from what I've seen of sort of what Marvel's typically all about. Um, apparently, it's like based on a storyline from like around 30 years ago. That was called sort of Rise of the Midnight Suns. Right. Um, but yeah, um, I've been I've been intrigued to know more because um, it's from how I understand it, this was like two K's XCOM take on the Marvel universe. Yeah. So if you've ever played like an XCOM game, it's it's very sort of um, isometric view. You control multi- multiple um, units, um, and it's very sort of turn based as well. It's a bit like um, the uh, Mario and Rabbits. Kingdom Bell game, I think that's what it's called. Yeah, because there's a chat with one of the developers in there, and he described it as a tactics RPG. Yeah. It could work. I suppose it, it depends on how they utilise all the heroes that could be in it, like how they move, how are they going to feel, kind of moving from square to square, how would they basically how would they play in that kind of style. But I'm intrigued to know more about it. It's definitely a, a different take on did they say they created a character as well? Called the Hood. Yes, so it's it's like an original character. So from how I understand it, um, there's this character that's called Lilith who gets resurrected by I'm not quite sure who it is, like basically just like dark forces. And she has the power to resurrect like the dead or something like that. 
And apparently your main character is the son or daughter of Lilith, who you'd be playing as, basically. So you'll be able to, like, customise that character and then you'll recruit various sort of Marvel heroes going on missions and whatnot. And I think you've also got, like, a HQ that you can upgrade and that, because that's what, what it was like in the um, XCOM games as well. I think it was called the... The name's escaped me now. I read it earlier, but the name's escaped me the place that you'll be upgraded and stuff. But No, it looks... Um, I think I need I'm to see game, I think I need to see gameplay before I make a decision on that one. Yeah, I think at least story-wise, it's, it's got me intrigued enough. So it's it's very varied characters. It's not your usual. Because I have to say that cinematic didn't really do much for me. No. But I'm intrigued. Yeah, I'm probably on the same level as you. I'm intrigued enough to know more. Anything else at Gamescom that people looked like look up or was this intrigued about? Well, we got a release date for Halo Infinite, didn't we? Yeah, um, I was really surprised with that. It's a lot sooner than I thought it was going to be. Well, <laughs> it can all change, Nathan. It can all change. It's not it's been a whole like, year since it was meant to come out. Exactly. Sure it's, all it's going to be fixed. the 8th of December, and that's it. It's set in stone now. They can't go back. Well, the thing is, they've got to it, aren't they? Because that wasn't the other thing they announced. Because mm. now mm. they've also released a Halo-themed Elite controller and... A limited edition Series X console. Yeah, I'm not going to lie, I do like it because uh, at the top of the console um, they changed the the green to blue, which I think looks pretty cool. Um, it does look pretty pretty sexy. It's, I'm not it gonna is lie. a sexy looking machine. Mm-hmm. Does look nice. I was very tempted. I think that comes out in Novemberish, doesn't it? I think. Yeah, mid November. Yeah, that's right. So before the game, uh, the game releases on December the eighth. Apparently. Was... <laughs> Yeah, the the console itself is a, it's a celebration of the 20, 20 years of Halo. So. Yes, that's why they've got to get it out there, isn't it? Well, that's it, yeah. <laughs> well, that's it. Like, the console is going to come out that time. <laughs> Didn't they make an announcement saying there's no co-op, mo- what was it, co-op campaign? Is that right? There's going to be no co-op campaign at launch, but everything else. Well, no, no, I think it's no f- Forge. Forge. Yeah. I heard that, but what is Forge? I don't know. I've never used it. So Forge is basically Halo's um, creator game mode slash map thing. Basically, you take like an existing map and you can customize things in various ways. Yeah, you can build it in a way that you can make custom maps out of it, basically. Okay. So they're cutting corners. That's what we're saying. They're cutting a few (laughs) things, but I mean, the main. You know, meat of Halo is there, isn't it? You know, yeah, you've, got your yeah, campaign, yeah. you've got your multiplayer. No, but that's the thing, isn't it? The cutting corners to get it out this year. They'll come in, but that's what they're doing, isn't it? Well, yeah, I suppose. But well, it's on I... Game Pass, so if you're paying for pay Game Pass, you're not you'll be getting it for free. Well, yeah, yeah, that's true. That's good for everybody with Game Pass. Every time, like a new game comes out, because it's going to be the same for Forza Horizon Five. But it was the same for Flight Simulator. It's just making it just such a, an amazing offering. Because just with them three games, you're looking, well, how much is a game now? 60 quid. So like 180 quid worth of games for just oh, out of three games. <laughs> so, and it just, pay, well, it pays for itself, doesn't it? As long as you keep the subscription, obviously. But yeah, so they showed off the a bit of the first season of the multiplayer. Um, so it's going to be called 
Heroes of Reach. So that looked pretty good. Mm. So it looks like they're going to be going into this season's thing like most games are doing. Um, yeah. But it's good because, well, over time, there'll be more content and more things to do and events. So should be good. We've waited long enough for it, so bring it on. All right, I'll probably tell you what my highlight was. And that's Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga. Mm. Finally, we've got some more news on it. It looks a bit like a complete revamp for the Lego games, doesn't it? What looks intriguing to me is that it looks like some of the characters are playing with an over-the-shoulder camera. Yeah. Hmm. Well, well, you are going to be able to play with over 300 characters, which is absolutely insane. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. There's a lot. But I think I think Lego games needed a bit of a revamp for quite a while, haven't they? Because I have to say, I, did, I don't know, maybe it's just this is only a tiny snippet from the trailer, but I wasn't keen on the voice acting it for some reason. It just, it just seemed a bit... I don't know. Maybe I just liked the days when it was just, like, muted, and it was just more visual comedy. I think maybe. it was it was more funny back then, yeah. Because mm. they, they had to be creative with that. Yeah, so. where's nice exposition in chatting. But I guess, yeah. they, I guess they have to do it, but maybe I'm, I'm just old school. But no, I'm very much looking forward to this. Cause nine films. I think there's is it how many? Is it five levels each film? I think. Which film is it? Yeah, sounds about right. Something like that. I suspect there's going to be a lot of content. I mean, hundred percent in. I like every Lego game I've played. I've hundred percented. There's still a few wow. I like. There's still a few I ain't played. But this one, I think, might take a, quite a bit of time <laughs> if I was to try and do that. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be a lot of stuff to do. But I'm hoping it's going to be, you know, co-op again online. That'd be good. Yeah, definitely. That'd be fun. It's the one thing that Lego games miss. Just just give me online multiplayer. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, maybe this is the one. Online multiplayer. Who knows? But yeah, I am looking forward to that. Mm. And was the release date for that? They didn't give a date, but they said it was going to launch in spring 2022. Spring, yeah. I think it was... Spring. Okay. So we um, we got a well a bit more information about um, Horizon Forbidden West being delayed, unfortunately. Um, I did think like a couple of months ago they hadn't announced it yet, so it's probably going to be a bit too late. But yeah, um, so they've um, they've said that the development's in the final stages, and that it's going to be coming out on the 18th of February 2022. So yeah, another game in February. There are so many games in February, I don't know. Still got to play that first one. Yeah, well, it's more time for us to play the first one, so it's all good. I've, I've still not finished it yet, so... Well, good Matt good news Mr. Platinum. <laughs> well, good oh, news for, for those people who got the PS5 version, because they released a 60 frame per second mode, yes. I think, on, the night, on that day as well. It's a good job I held off on it, then. Um, it's weird, because I... Because both modes are like are in the PS4 version, so you can do it in like 30 frames per second, but obviously everything looks really nice, or you do 60 frames and graphics are slightly reduced. I tried to do it in 60 frames for for uh, for an hour or so, and for some reason I just thought uh, the game just looks nicer in 30. I know, like, obviously the gameplay felt much smoother, you could do stuff quicker and whatnot, but I know, like, some games just are built for 30 frames per second 
like not oh, everything needs to be sixty. Matt hates the future. Yeah. And I said future. I think it was just. I think it's just Shoot the PS5 away. You don't need it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah. I bet he's got it plugged into a CRT, hasn't he? <laughs> CRT. Yeah, so apparently you can start pre-ordering uh, Forbidden West on the 2nd of September. So, Ooh. yeah, get, get your pre-orders in soon. Um, another game that I liked the look of and was excited to see more of was um, Jurassic World Evolution 2. Like, the more I see this game, the more I I can't wait for it to uh, to come out. And it's, and it's going to be coming out soon, so not long to wait. It does... Um, I've not, not played the first one, but... Um, might see if I can pick it up and give it a try before the second one comes out. Yeah, um, just, just to make sure it's right for mm. me. You can get it in console as well. Mm. And yeah. I've probably mentioned this, but because I bought it, I, I've completed it on PC, but I always used my controller playing it for some reason. I just I just preferred playing it with controller, with Xbox yeah. controller mm. on PC, which is very odd because I've never felt that way about a strategy game, ever. Yeah. It's always like, oh, I must use mouse. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I, I don't know. So I'm hoping that's the same way for this. Mm. Right, I I will tell you the the game that probably stood out to me just for seemingly how ambitious it was. Um, because I don't think I've seen a game do as much as this one has um, ever. It's very strange. I don't know why. Big praise. Oh. I don't know if it's praise. It's definitely ambitious, but I think this this. Developers got a reputation for that for their um, their previous MMO. But did you guys see much of a game that was called uh, Dokev? It's a strange name. I'll give you that. I'll be honest. I skipped through that. <laughs> you skipped through that. So I don't know how to describe it. It's been built as well. When it was originally announced, it was being built as um, a sort of MMO Pokemon-esque kind of game where you'd be collecting monsters and you want your use them to fight other monsters and whatnot, blah, blah, blah. Um, but, the, but I've not seen anything about it until obviously Gamescom. And then seeing the trailer, um, it's it seems to be a lot more than that. Like, it, graphically, it's very Pixar, like very kind of QE characters, that kind of animation and whatnot. But the way you go around sort of the scene, that it's... Um, seems mental like you've got so many different choices of like you could just roll skate you could you could skateboard you could hover on a umbrella or you can suddenly start swinging like a spider-man it's it's it looks stupidly ambitious graphically it looks amazing honestly like um the original album of the black um black desert online you might have heard of it um was Massive for its, cre- its creator, character creation. That's the word I'm looking for. Because it was like the most in-depth one like out of any game going, basically. Like you could see people making other like famous actors and actresses and whatnot with like near perfect um, replication. But like looking at this, I I don't know. As it's one that I need to keep my own because it looks just mental. Apparently, it was originally meant to be an MMO as well, like mm-hmm. the previous game, but they've decided to make this just sort of a... It's just like a, a single-player game now, maybe? I don't know. They've got rid of the MMO, basically. They've gone in some sort of different direction. Yeah, I'm, ju- I'm just looking at some screenshots of it, and 
I don't know if I'll be able to play it because the, the creatures look too cute to make them fight against each other. <laughs> I don't like it. No, but if you, if you like if you watch a video on it, it's like graphically it looks insane. I don't understand it. Like it's ridiculous. The fine seems interesting enough. I don't. I, I need to know more about the actual like what's the what the mechanics of the game, what you're meant to be doing and whatnot. But like that video impressed me enough that I'm like, okay, I might have to keep my eye on this one. Mm. Did anybody have any thoughts on the Death Stranding director's cut stuff that they showed off? Well, yeah, it's interesting. Looks well, like it would it would make the game easier to play. <laughs> I think I think they're taking on feedback about some people finding bits of it dull. So I think they tried to incorporate some fun activities into it mm. and some pretty amusing ways of transporting your cargo around. Yeah, um, I like the look of that catapult thing and that little yeah. robot that carries things as yeah. well, just like running inside you. That was pretty. And then funny. he can sit on it as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I prefer him to carry me. Just like set a waypoint. <laughs> just go. I'll just sit here. <laughs> uh, ramps. I like the look of the ramps. That so you can bike up it and do oh, yeah. yeah, this um, what was it? Rocket propelled backpack thing. So you can jump yeah, off the cliff. Yeah, you can jump off ledges and you can like yeah. float essentially down to. Them. Although yeah. the landing still looks like it would absolutely kill your knees. Like, well, you apparently they put that these stabilising. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they wear these skeleton things. It's it's as part of the game. It's it helps carry more load. So they have these sort of like exoskeleton. So it's something like that. And then they put racing in it, which looks Yeah, that odd. looked like a bit of a, cur- a curveball when I saw that. I'm like, yeah, Ooh, yeah. Well, the entire game's a curveball, but <laughs> that <laughs> especially is a bit weird. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how that works in that world, but hey-ho, <laughs> it's somewhere else, I guess. And then they've also got the uh, the shooting range now as well, where you can like, mm. test guns and like redo boss fights and stuff. So that's pretty yeah. good. Yeah. I mean, it is, it, I'm, I'm going to get it. And I'm looking forward to going back on it because I like Death Stranding, despite you know a lot of people didn't understand the boy. But I completed it and give me an excuse to go back on it. And these these things look weird, and I like weird. And I never I never fully completed every delivery, so having a cannon now. That's gonna be handy. Sure, let's do it. I wonder how that works though, like if you put a cannon down, can you fire it straight to the delivery place or do you have to just fire it anywhere and then you have to travel? You have to go and fetch it, I think. Yeah, I think it's just to get it a bit closer to your destination. Yeah. It'd be cool if you could get into the cannon as well. <laughs> but, it's, but it's it's <laughs> but the thing is about the game is that when you build something, it slowly deteriorates over time. So the yeah. things that I built when I played it. Probably won't be there right now. Yeah, yeah, when I go back on. Because uh, of the time fall, as they call it, in-game. But the most annoying bits is the roads, because you have to construct roads. And people from different games, because it's like this interactive thing where you're always on your own in-game, but when other people construct things in their games, they can appear in yours. So like if someone puts a ladder down somewhere, it might appear in your game, which you can use. And that happens with the roads, where you can build together. So you get uh, materials, and you, you get them built together. Then all those roads have probably disappeared in my game. So it's probably going to make, make it a bit more difficult for me, making my bike and van very difficult to drive across the landscape. So Just build a massive ramp, you'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. 
I'll be playing that. And that comes out in September 24th, is it? Or is it 26th? Something like that. I will go with your best judgment. It's around then. I know that. <laughs> I actually can't recall. Was this announced at Gamescom as well, the Bethesda? Or was that separate? The Bethesda what? To put in better words, um, Skyrim is going on more platforms now. Oh, this all this one before. Is it before? So, yes, they've only gone and done it. Yep. Skyrim. Put it on a fridge. Yep. Skyrim <laughs> on all the platforms. Um, all the platforms. Why? So, what's supposed to be in this then? Yes, yeah, so they announced the, the 10th anniversary edition of Skyrim. Um, obviously celebrating 10 years. Ten, of... it, it, it seems like a lot longer than 10, doesn't it? It does. It feels like it, doesn't it? Like, it does make you wonder why 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 did Morrowind or Oblivion not get any of these kind of editions either. But, anyway. It's not so, Skyrim, that's why. Following the memes. Following the memes. Um, yes, yeah, so the anniversary edition, uh, which is coming out, I think, sometime in November. I don't, I don't know if they had a, an exact date. They might have done. But I couldn't find it on the article that I was reading. Um, so, from what I can ah, read... Yeah. Sorry, uh, Matt, it'll be November the 11th. That'll be ah. its 10th anniversary, exactly. Oh, yeah, the, it was the 11-11-11 thing, wasn't it? Mm. Pretty much going to be the special edition. So, um... It's going to be a special edition of the game, along with what they're saying is over 500 creation club elements. So that was basically mods created by fans who have been sort of approved by Bethesda to sort of incorporate into the game. So before you before you carry on, yeah. there's a lot of mods on Skyrim Xbox. Mm. So what are they are they? Being removed from that? Should they be existence in that? I just find that odd. Uh, I, I think these ones, the way I saw it, is that these are the approved ones by Bethesda that won't yeah. break the game potentially because they've okayed it. Because when you add a mod, you get that little disclaimer saying that this may break your save. So I yeah. imagine these ones are safe to add. Okay. Well, I imagine there'll be ones that add to Skyrim naturally, shall we say. Like, they wouldn't look out of place if... If it's five of them, I tell you that about, like, four-fifths of them are going to be crap, aren't they? They're really... Well, there'll be, li- be little things, won't they, and stuff. Um, well, for me, as long as they turn the dragons into Thomas the Tank Engines, that's all good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, also, um, they're going to be adding in a, a very requested feature that was missing from Skyrim originally, and that was fishing. Does every like game needs a fishing segment? Yeah. Yay! So, fishing is coming to Skyrim. It's the best think, news you'll hear all year. I think this is the thing about games now, isn't it? It's just like, because we're all fast-paced and someone thinks, oh, we we need to change the pace a bit. What's the, what's the first thing that anybody ever thinks of? It's just fishing, isn't fishing. it? It just appears yeah. in every game. Fishing's in everything, isn't it? In uh, Zelda, uh, Red Dead Redemption 2. Fortnite. It's in Fortnite. Fortnite. <laughs> Of all places. You can fish in Fortnite. Let's not go. Yeah, yeah. There you go. You can fish in Fortnite. And they um, can eat the multicoloured fish. Yep. So, yes, coming out 11th November, as Nathan said. Um, also, if you already have the special edition of Skyrim, you can upgrade to the anniversary edition at no extra cost. Woo! Which is good. 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 Should have done that with the special edition. 
So where's the oh. money coming from? Um, it's a love letter to the fans, and they're doing it from the. A love letter to the, the fans. This is business. <laughs> they don't. They don't have a love letter. Look, to the if fans. they can get Skyrim on more platforms, there was something you have to pay for, weren't there? I'm sure there were. I thought I read there was something that had to be paid for. I mean, if you don't own the special edition, then obviously you're gonna have to buy the anniversary edition. Well, yeah. Because <laughs> you can give it away for free, are they? I get that. Hang on, I'm just looking if you have to pay up. It's just a bit confusing. It's, uh... Fans who already own the Elder Scrolls Skyrim, a special edition on any console, will automatically receive three new pieces of creation of three three new pieces of creation club content, fishing, survivor mode, and sausages. Those who specifically have the special edition on PS5 or Xbox Series XS will enjoy a free upgrade to an enhanced version of the existing game, as well as the option to purchase an anniversary edition upgrade for an assumably smaller free. So there's payment somewhere. It's not very clear though, is it? No. Where they're going to gouge you? Everywhere. <laughs> so, uh, Call of Duty had its official reveal. Well, he had the teaser first, didn't it? But then, but now they had a proper trailer out. So, mm. Call of Duty Vanguard, back to World War Two, which we've already established. Uh, but it looks like you'll be playing as four separate characters with this one. Yeah, in different abilities spread across different different fronts of the war because we we thought previously it was just gonna be like the Pacific campaign, mm. but actually it's gonna be all four, all four fronts: so Eastern Front, Western Front, North Africa, and the Pacific. So you play these four characters in each one, one in each area. Yeah, and then that will culminate in the creation of the first special forces, where the four of them will join together for a mission. That feels a bit Battlefield esque, you know, you know the stories they had. Yeah. For was one no way, yeah. Although obviously in this one they come together, so it's going to be linked together. But you know, I, I quite liked the look at trailer. Did you see the gameplay footage? There was oh a, no, no. Yeah, there was a gameplay of um, a mission with the the Russian sniper later, Pet- Petrova, I think her name is. And I don't know where it was located, but that looked, it looked really good it looked, graphically. It looked really nice, really quite realistic, good mm. lighting, things like that. The stuff that happened was very Call of Duty-esque. Just mm. things blowing up. Looking forward to that one. And that's come out November the 5th, I think. Yeah, I think, it, I think if they put war into the uh, multiplayer, that'd be really good, doing that on different fronts. And what they yeah. decide to do with that, that'd be really cool. Not heard, Still not heard anything about the war game mode, though. I'm worried that it's not going to be in it. Well, they normally have like a... They have like a separate multiplayer reveal, don't they? So we'll probably learn. I just thought we might have heard something about it, you know. Well, I know the alpha's out currently, and it's it's yes. got that new game mode, um, Champion Champions Hill or Champion Hill, something like that. I think it's like um, it's a slight play on King the Hill. I think you have to hold certain areas on the map. Right. So um, on the 18th of August, we had a, a Pokemon present. So um, a bit of a longer format than. We're normally used to. So the yeah. pre- presents normally take, well, between 15 and 20 minutes. This one, we got a whole 28 minutes. So yeah. lots to get, lots to dig into. Um, so before we get into the to the main articles on this, um, so they came out with some information about Pokemon Unite. Um, it's going to be coming out on mobile um, and be... And then you'll be able to cross-play with the Switch version as well. I've not, I've not played it myself. Uh, I don't know if you've had a go at it, Matt, um, but that's happening. 
No, I'm not going to go. I'm, I keep on getting tempted by it because it, it does look quite fun. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Pokemon's um, version of a, of a MOBA, I suppose. Um, it does look good. I'll have to see if I can give it a go. Yeah. So in that, um, we're going to be getting um, Minus Swine and Sylveon in updates. Um, so, so yeah, got that sort of forward to. Um, the next bit was the Pokemon Cafe mix. Um, so that's going to be changing its name to Pokemon Cafe Remix. Um, so in that, there's going to be new puzzles, new Pokemon, and new dress-up options um, for your Pokemon as well. So it's going to be coming in fall 2021. Um, did you have any thoughts on that one, Matt? No, no. It's uh, Again, it's another free-to-play game that I've not gone around to playing. Um, probably should do, really. I mean, they are free, so... Yeah, worth a try. Uh, the puzzles look really cute and fun. Um, mm. But yeah, might give that a go. Um, speaking of go, um, they came out saying that we were well that we were going to get some um, Galarian Pokemon on Pokemon Go. Um, so they they started appearing on the twentieth of August. So I don't know about you, but I've been catching a few of them myself. Um, yeah. So we we got to Wooloo, Um Oh, what's the Scarvot? Oh, what the heck? I can't even pronounce it. What's uh, it the squirrel, isn't it? The yeah, that's it. Squarvet. That's, that's it. Squarvet. That's it. And then Fallinx. And that that absolutely Fallinx. massive Pokemon that shows up. I don't know why it's so big, but it just it's is. Just multiple little ones that make like the the big one, like a big caterpillar. Yeah. And then we've also got, I'm going to butcher this, um, Zashi and Zomu Zenta um, in Five Star Raids. So um, I think me and you, Matt, we did a raid and got the got one of those dogs. Um, so yeah. that was good. Uh, Zashi, I think it was. Yeah. So we'll wait to see if we can get the other one soon. Mm. Right, so... That that was like the first first few minutes. Um, so let's get into the big stuff. Um, so we got a bit of a deeper look at Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. Um, mm-hmm. Now I'm really looking forward to this. It does not seem like 15 years since we got the original Diamond and Pearl. It's just insane to me that it's been that long. It's been that long, and it makes me feel really old. Um, makes you feel old. <laughs> But yeah, I'm really looking forward to this, um, buying these games. I know you've already got pre-ordered, aren't you, Matt? So you're yep. all set. Um, so yeah, it's, it looks really good. They're going to be still using the chibi art style, uh, which is nice. So it's kind of going back to basics a bit in terms of the, the style of game. Um, it does look it does look amazing. I, I do like the look of it. Um, the region just looks so lush and... Um, I forgot how much there there was actually in Diamond and Pearl because you've got the bases that you can create and and stuff like that. Like I totally yeah. skipped over that in my first playthrough, so I'll definitely start to do that because um, in in the new versions, what you can do is put certain statues in your bases, and then from that um, there'll be Pokemon hideaways, and certain Pokemon will show depending on what statues you've got yeah. in your bases. So there's like 
cool things like that and they'll pop up in like an overworld so a little bit like um sword and shield um so yeah that's good what did you what did you think of what we saw yeah i was impressed with just how much content's actually going to be in this because with the looks of it the the remake feels like it's going to be a more kind of one-to-one remake with like how it looks um Mm. you know compared to like the other other remakes they feel more like a lot more updated to them compared to these ones but there's there's a lot more to them um and they're going to be bringing stuff like you've got the union room where you'll Mm -hmm. be able to meet up with other players so you can trade a battle against them in there yeah um we've also got the super contest shows which just like they they, they've added a lot more to them they look a little bit more less random um Mm -hmm. less rp rng and stuff like that but it looks looks kind of cool um some of the other new stuff as well i think the the do you know where you can um customize your your pokemon's pokeball with like little effects yeah you can pull out little stickers and stuff on there yeah yeah. they look kind of cool um Mm. wonder wonder if if the they add anything to like the pokemon stats or whatnot yeah i think Um, uh, i think what it does uh is when you throw that pokeball if you add stickers to it it changes like the way it's it's like spring so you know like normally it comes up with like stars or something yeah it, it no, no, that. Like, different, yeah so that's cool um yeah that looked pretty cool um i'm also wondering as well so like and um, so towards the end of the trailer they they showed off the two legendary pokemon um mm. dialga and is it palkia palkia yeah um but i was wondering if they i don't know if they if they've done this in the original diamond and pearl because i never got that far but whether they were teasing sort of new versions of them with like how their like inner lookings kind of glow and stuff. Oh yeah, um, they they tended to glow in the originals as well. Did that they? was just like part of the design. Um, so right. it would be cool if we got, got different forms. Um, it'd be something a bit different, but uh, yeah. yeah, that was that was yeah, part right. of it. Oh, just me. Just, just mm. looking into it, probably nothing. Um, <laughs> um, you can also change the outfits on your main character now as well. You can yes, do that in the original. So that's so good. You can do that in the original. That would be pretty cool. So. Mm. Yeah. Um, they also announced that there was going to be a special edition Switch Lite. I think it looks really nice. A bit more like, oh, cool. do, I, do I buy it? Do I go for it? Oh, um, you already got the. I got the OLED, OLED pre-ordered, but yeah. I don't need another one. I don't. Bad Nathan, stop it. Bad. Anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, yeah, really looking forward to those. Um, and that's going to be out on the 19th of November. So again, not too far for those. Yep. And then lastly, we got a, a deeper look at Pokemon Legends Arceus. Mm. So um, I, I don't know where to begin. I was... To be honest, I was pretty blown away by this. Um, yeah, it, it's just a it was miles better than the initial trail that we saw with it looking a bit jagged and yeah, not really yeah. knowing what it was going to be about. But yeah, this this deeper look was absolutely fantastic, and it they've introduced new game elements, and it looks like it's just going to be a totally different experience from what we're used to in the mainline Pokemon games. Mm, yeah, it, it looks like a, a much revamped um, game style for Pokemon. Um, 
Uh, the best that I could probably describe it was that it's, it looks very much like it's it's a it's a Pokemon meets Monster Hunter, mm. where you 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 meant to go, with your character you meant to go on like survey missions and like survey the land and then like certain Pokemon and then what you can do is you can you can learn more about each Pokemon by like battling them more or by like catching them several times or whatnot. You start learning like weaknesses and traits mm. for that Pokemon. Looks really good. Yeah. I mean as they as they went over the trailer, I just I loved the the way that each of the Pokemon had their own like little ecosystems with all the evolution levels and things. Just mm. like being together in harmony. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then the I like how um, Pokemon, they've got like different traits. So some of them will let you walk up to them and you can um, like kind of get to know them a bit. But other ones yeah, are a bit, a bit more skittish and they'll, and they'll run away from you. And other ones can be a bit nasty and actually attack you, which is Yeah, which is there's some, some very aggressive Pokemon. Um, I guess one of the new things I was, I was surprised by is that like Pokemon can attack humans now. Yeah. And they can like knock you out and stuff. It's like, what? Oh my god! Like, can't wait to start punching a beware. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a bit nasty. Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, it it just um, it's like a totally different kind of experience because you you're in effect being like a um, not a professor as such, but it's just about setting up your camp. And then getting everything mm. ready that you'll need to go and survey the Pokemon, and then surveying them, and get that yeah. information and uh, giving that back to the um, professor, so we can build yep. the first Pokedex of the um, Hisui region, which is, um, well, later on, which was what Sinnoh would be. be yeah, yeah, it's like ancient times. This this is what Sinnoh was in effect. Mm. Um, yeah, it looks all good. I liked the the different um, the different ways to be able to travel around the the world as well. Where we got to well through this, we got to learn about four new Pokemon, um, mm-hmm. two that are evolutions of current ones, and two that are um, I suppose the Hisu region variants. Yeah. Um, so I think the first one that we saw was the as it was the Radia. Yeah. Where do you? Where yeah. do you want? Yeah, so that's the evolution um, of Stantler. Yeah. Um and you can ride it like it's um like it's a horse in Breath of the Wild something. Mm. Look pretty cool. Like that you could ride um ride it and look good. Um then the next one we saw was Basque Legion. Yeah. Um, which is an evolution from Basculin. Um the description of of why it evolved is very yeah, it's fairly dark, old, isn't it? Yeah, it's very like on-brand Pokemon ghost type, mm. like legions of Basculin died trying to go up a river, so they somehow formed into one and evolved it into this scary-looking beast. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, it does look really cool to ride, though, doesn't it? I look really cool. Yeah, you ride it around in the in the war, and that looked pretty cool. Looks looks mm. better than like being on a Gyarados. I'll get that. Yeah. Um, and then we went to our variants. So I think our first variant was the um his. Hisuinu Bravery, I think that's yeah. um, And you'll be able to fly that as well. You can fly that around um, Hisui, which uh, would look good. Um, very impressed with like the different 
like you can actually fly it and it's you fly it wherever you want which is which is like the thing with oh that's the, new like, as well yeah so you can yeah it's not just you pick a point on the map and then you see like a um a little cut scene and then you're off it's like yeah, you can no, actually you, decide yeah. where you want to go yeah and good. i imagine that'll um that'll maybe slot into surveying the pokemon as well so if you can't yeah. sneak up to them you can get on your bravery and get like a bird's eye view of what's going on and then use that information that you capture so that'd be yeah. pretty good uh and then last uh last variant that we saw was it was little ground very cute little cutie you can't ride him um no I'd be scared. break his back blessing. but i mean if it evolves it's... into like an arc uh arcanine oh, version yeah. then you could ride that that'd be brilliant mm. um yeah all looks all looks all pretty good so far um very impressed with this trailer um much improved over the reveal one so can't wait to learn learn more of it really mm, yeah definitely it's it's a it's a very it's quite a big departure departure from what we used to because we used to just doing eight gyms um elite four champion and that's it maybe with some mm. post-game stuff like um the battle frontier or something like that and obviously you're battling the um evil group that's part of that pokemon game um but this just seems like a, a bit of a change of pace and something a bit different about you're actually going out and learning about the Pokemon mm. and being more immersed in the world itself rather than having these objectives to go from one place to another um, mm. so that you can really travel and go where you want and take the world in a bit more. Yeah, yeah. Love to know, well, that's it. Just want to know more about it now and what, what else we can expect from the game. Mm. Well, this is going to be out on the 28th of January. So, um, yeah, to add to a, um, a packed period, Stacked, there's another yeah. game. There's another game, yeah. Um, and they also said afterwards that um, for the titles that we, we just talked about, so the Brilliant, Di- uh, yeah, Brilliant Diamond, Shining Pearl, and um, Pokemon Legends Arceus, mm. um, they're going to be compatible with Pokemon Home. So, yeah, it's good. And that's the Pokemon Presents. Very good. Right, shall I finish off with one little thing? So, 20 years after the game's release, well, 20 plus years actually, a glitch has been found in Metal Gear Solid, which allows Mm. you to skip part of the game. Yeah, I heard about this. (laughs) This is perfect for me. So, (laughs) it it was discovered by accident by uh, a user called uh, Bobber Witch. And it takes part in the area where you're running up the tower, shooting the soldiers. Yeah, we're in the tower stairs. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like a never-ending, the never-ending tower. Basically. Yeah, it's it's one of the worst bits of, of the game, I think. Yeah, and partly way up that tower, there's a door, a locked door, and it turns out you can actually find a way to get through that door, and this person just went through it by accident. So they stopped outside the door, and they were engaging with the enemies, and then she just ended up loading on the other side outside on a walkway oh. so the door did it open she just like it just ended up walked into it and apparently this can shave off about two and a half minutes of a completion run i thought you were gonna say hours <laughs> second <laughs> if only shaved two and a half hours and then after they did it uh, online because they were, they were streaming it at the time yeah uh the speed running community like gathered together like in discords and just like just like how, how did they do this so they're like trying to work out how to, how to, how to do it and they finally came up with a solution uh, how it could be replicated. 
so what you have to do is you, this is probably not exact, but you have to lean against the left side of the door, pull your socom out, and when the guard shoots you, it will happen or something like that. And then uh, there was an alternative method that someone found involving shaft grenades. Uh, but the but yeah, the speed speedrunning community were very pleased and uh, they heaped a lot of praise on her for discovering this like after yeah. twenty years. And it's been the, the the glitch has been named after her, and it's called the Bobber Glitch. No. The so, yeah. <laughs> that's but, why you know you made it in life if you get a glitch named after you. Yep. So, so. Yeah, it's just it's just amazing that there's still new things people discovered in a game it's, like it's twenty three years old, something like that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But there you go. And I think yes. that's it for the news. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Shall we go on to what we're currently playing? Shall I start? Because I've played quite a bit. So firstly, I played a co-op game with my brother called Operation Tango. Now, you may have heard of this because it was free on PS Plus. Mm. So you'll have it on the PS5. And it's a cooperative espionage adventure game. And so you can only play it with another player. And in it, uh, one person plays a, uh, an agent who goes out into the field. Uh, the other person plays a hacker who assists with like computer wizardry. And you coordinate with each other with each other to solve puzzles to take down some cyber crime person. I don't know. I didn't pay attention to the plot, to be quite honest. Uh, but it's really good fun. So I played as the agent and my brother was the hacker. And I'm hoping someday we'll play again with the roles reversed. My only criticism, it's a bit short. There's only about six missions, I think. But they are pretty decent size, to be honest. Probably about 40 minutes a mission, maybe, something like that. But most enjoyable, I would encourage, if you know, if you get a friend, go play it. And plus, you got it free. It's well worth your time. I've also been playing the Riders Republic Beta. So, essentially, this is a multi-story... Uh, no, that's wrong. I was about to say multi-story car park, which didn't make any sense whatsoever. <laughs> Best, best game ever. <laughs> yeah, it's a multi-sport extreme sports game. Uh, you progress through different careers, each involving a different sport. Uh, so it opens pretty much with cinematics of people like saying "Yo" and "Awesome" a lot, and that's you know, uh, it's all this "Prove yourself and show me you've got what it takes to reach to the top." And Sounds very nineties, doesn't it? Yeah, it's all very wishy-washy nonsense. Uh, most characters in the game are pretty irritating that I came across, to be honest. And you have to go through this tutorial to begin with uh, before you get to the interesting part where you let loose and can do your own thing. So you start off with cycling. You do these downhill races. And upon completion, you earn cash and stars. And stars are what progresses your character. Mm. So you earn stars, and that ends up unlocking other sports for you. So I came across skiing, snowboarding, rocket suiting, and paramotoring. So that's, you know with a parachute, with a, a rotor yep. blade thing on your back. Uh, and you can also have, also have a snowmobile, which is nice for getting around. Well, in the snow. <laughs> Not so much on roads, but <laughs> it's there. It still works, though. So if you've ever played Steep, which is Ubisoft's other, you know, like extreme sports open world game, mm. you'll know pretty much what to expect from this. But it's got elements of Steep in this. So you get this big open world, and it's got different terrain types, so it's got forest, desert, snowy mountains. Ride about if you want, just you don't have to take part in these races. You can just wander about and just explore the countryside and just be a bit more relaxed if you want to. But this race is dotted around, and then on the map there's a place called Riders Ridge, 
which is like the central hub of the game. So everyone gathers there at the beginning. And that's where you find things like the store, your training exercises, and your social activities. And here you can also, is where you can enter what's known as mass races. So you congregate at this place, and this puts you into a large-scale 64-player race. And in it, you switch between different sports mid-race. It's utter chaos. Does everybody switch between the same sport, or is it totally right? Okay, right. Because it, 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 imagine like the course is divided into mm-hmm. sections. So you might start off on your bike, you'll leap into the air, and then suddenly you'll switch to rocket suits. And then you'll have to go through like rings in the air. Mm-hmm. And then you'll come down and then you'll, I don't know, you'll land on skis or something, whatever. So it's, it's just a way of keeping it a bit interesting by having them change throughout. It's a bit difficult, these races, because when you've got 64 people at a starting line, and it's got collision on it as well. Yeah, so everybody's just jostling together. Yeah, so everyone's just banging into each other. You can't see what's ahead of you. I mean, when it, when everyone starts, starts splitting up, because you could take multiple routes down some tracks mm-hmm. and that. But at the start, it's just like madness. It's just like, I don't know where I'm going. Everyone's heading that way. Let's just hope they're all going in the, the correct way. Yeah, in the races, you end up to earning cash, and you can use these to buy outfits. So I ended up buying a dinosaur outfit, of course. Nice. Uh, that was wearing a t-shirt that just said free hugs. Is that is that the thing for dinosaurs? I don't know. What, but... what kind of dinosaur is it? Is it a T-Rex or? Uh, I think it's supposed to be a T-Rex, yeah. <laughs> because that's how I roll. What I do like about this is it's got a, like a nice rewind feature. Hmm. So I think you might see it in like F1 games or some racing games. It's actually yeah, I think it? I think they got it in Forza, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, basically, if you if you mess up and you go off course. And you're going flying off a cliff on your bike by accident. You can do have this nice rewind feature, will which will bring you back to where you were, just whichever point you want, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's better than having to restart a race, but you can also do it in the open world as well, not just mid race. But it's it's better than restarting it because if you crash, because that was the problem with Steep. Once you crash, that's it. You, you know, you have to restart the race. Mm-hmm. There's no getting back up to. You are being penalised because it's obviously you're losing time. Yeah. But it's it's better. I'd rather have it that way because you can yeah, still it saves you having to um, start all over again. Yeah. And because you can still have time to catch up, you can still make up that time. I did discover that it did have some teething problems in terms of servers, but I guess that's the whole point of a beta, isn't it? But mm. when so for the first couple of days, uh, when you're trying to enter these mass races. It gives you like a two and a half minute countdown when you so everyone gathers at this one point. Mm-hmm. Pop ups kept coming up saying, We understand there's problems with servers for etc. It's like they knew there was issues and they were just telling me about them rather than just fixing them. <laughs> and then it was like everyone, there was a point where everyone just literally just disappeared around me. So I was just stood at the top of this starting line on my own. I was like, <laughs> Where's everyone gone? <laughs> I'm going to win this race. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I have to say, when after a few days, that all got fixed. And it's actually quite fun. It's I don't think it's a game I'd buy it, pay full price for, mm. to be quite honest. could be like, you know, it's Ubisoft, isn't it? So you're going to get these deluxe editions, special editions, one which is going to come with a bike with it or something. I don't know. It, it did have some glitches. Uh, there was one where I was riding down a road on the desert, and I just phased through the floor. And I just started plummeting. 
and I just saw the the, the world, the game world, just like raise above me. <laughs> I thought, right, I'll I'll just see where this goes, and eventually I got to a a bit where, do you know, like black and yellow warning tape or signs yeah. or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. It was just like that digitalized on the floor, and my my character, my T Rex on his bike, just smacked it, and then it auto did the rewind thing completely, oh, right. and it just went back upwards, and then. <laughs> It automatically restarted, and it just went down again, and it happened four times. So that part <laughs> of the road clearly has an issue. Fix that Ubisoft. No, uh, that's what it was supposed to do. Yeah, yes. It just keeps you in this loop. Yeah. But no, it's 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 good. It's it's good fun, but I think it's better with when you're playing with people. Yeah. I think as a, as a solo thing, it probably you might. You probably won't have as much engagement with it. Because I was playing it with my brother, because he, he got the beta as well. So that was decent. I think it's I think it finished yesterday, the beta. But yeah, it's it's alright, it's fine. I'll probably get it eventually, but I wouldn't get it on launch. Not at that price anyway. Uh, and I played one final thing, which is probably going to be of very little surprise to either of you, if you know what's come out recently, or you follow us on Instagram. And that has been the Ghost of Tsushima Director's Cut, particularly Ooh. the Icky Island expansion. I cannot believe it. Right. Have you played this, Nathan? Um, no, I've not played it yet. Okay. Actually, you don't think you've finished the main story yet, have you? No. <laughs> no, okay. okay. So, in this, in the Icky Island expansion, you return as Jin Sakai, the samurai, and after successfully fending off you know, the Mongols on Tsushima, you learn of this new threat that exists on the neighbouring island of Iki. And you uncover something about this new threat that leads you to travel to Iki Island, as you're concerned that once they conquer Iki, they'll come to Tsushima. And whereas the main game focused on, is it Kotus Khan? Was that his name? I can't remember. I think it is. Yeah, that's right, yeah. This focuses on a woman called the Eagle. The Eagle? The Eagle, yes, the Eagle. And she's the head of what's known as the Eagle Tribe, funnily enough. That's all I'll say in terms of plot, because I don't uh, spoil or anything. Uh, now you guys know how much I love Ghost of Tsushima, and I have to say, this expansion, it really is a treat. It's fantastic. Uh, like the main game, it's beautiful. I mean, I just can't get over how lovely it looks with all the... the Just the, the particle effects with, like, leaves blowing in the wind and all that. It, it just looks gorgeous. Is there a noticeable difference um, when playing it on the PS5 that you've found? Minimal, because... It's, it's, well, yeah, I'd have to say it's minimal, because I think the PS4 version looks amazing anyway. Yeah, you know? yeah. But but now this is coupled with their haptic feedback, of course, with this director's cup. And that's great. I mean, it's things like the hooves of your horse. It's like it's moving from grass to rock. You can really feel it in the haptic feedback. It's really nice. And then, of course, there's, like, tension felt when you're using your bow and arrow. Mm-hmm. You feel that. And it just adds to the immersion of it all. And now, if you do the main story of the expansion, apparently it only comes to, like, three hours long. Now, you're probably thinking, that's very short, which it is. But there's plenty of, like, side activities and tales and things like that, which probably bumps it up to between, like, 10 and 15 hours. Mm. Uh, so we, we get Tales of Icky. So, you know, on the previous, on the main game, you got Tales of Tsushima, which were like side quests, which were great, like short stories, which 
complemented the main story. So you've got a few of them in this as well. There's a couple of those legendary tales. Do you remember them, Nathan? Where, yeah. Where, where you kind of, they, you, you tend to unlock like uh, a major armor set, usually mm-hmm. at the end of it or something like that. But there's one in here where you get a set of armor for your horse. Ooh. And it's really nice. I'm <laughs> sure like... that my horse, Cargate, enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah. And it's, so yeah, you get this horse armor, you just like ride into battle and you both you and your horse just look like badasses. It's really good. <laughs> Some new side activities have been added. So, you know, previously you had, uh, like, the bamboo cutting and, like, the hot springs that you just sat in naked. Uh, there's a couple of them that are in on this as well, but there's not there's not many of them. But they've added uh, animal sanctuaries. Oh, that's nice. So you find these sanctuaries throughout the world, and they can all, they can involve, like, rescuing animals from cages and that kind of thing. But then what you do is you have to play your flute for them to in in order to try and calm them down and encourage them to like interact with you and it, this uses the dual sense controller so it kind of works in like an action with uh, no action with rhythm action game so there's like a dot on the screen and two lines come across the screen and you've got to move the dual sense to keep the dot within the two lines and it like waves up and down and that kind of thing which is it's very pleasant there's new archery challenges, so you basically challenge the uh, raiders who are just out in the sticks, and you have to like shoot these ra- uh, these random lanterns that I learned about. The best thing probably about the story of it, without going too much into it, is that it has it does very well in integrating itself to what happens in the main story. It's not like just this random separate event. Yeah. It's got connection to the main story. There's an a really good overarching thing that goes on throughout it throughout the story which is very reminiscent of something that you might find in like a batman arkham game but i'm not going to say anything else about that but it's very interesting uh so yeah i've completed the game done all the side quests all i've got to do now is do like things like the collectibles so i've got to go and like you know collect the banners and the records and things like that which there were some of them in the in the main game i mean i I just i loved it i i really loved playing this this is what DLC should be, in my view. Uh, Sucker Punch, I think, have done an incredible job. Ghost of Tsushima does everything I want from a game. Give me a sequel, please. That's going to be a while. It'll, it'll happen. It'll happen, though. Yeah. But, I'm yeah. just, uh, I'm glad that they've uh, managed to bring out this expansion because it's brought it back to the forefront again. Yeah. And people who've missed it first time will now be thinking about it again and um, be giving it a try. So it's good. Yeah. I'm so glad it did everything I wanted it to do. Yeah. It wasn't just like a cop out and the, you know, getting a quick buck. Yeah. Really. I think because everything's done so well, it's a game that you do want to explore and get everything out of. Yeah. It's it's just a really nice world to just be in. You know, just explore and it's lovely. Well, that's what I've been playing. So go on, Matthew. What have you been playing? I'll be honest, there's not much difference between <laughs> this. This podcast in the last few. Fortnite. Yeah. Fortnite. 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 Uh, what else? What would you say? Fortnite. 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 Just all the games and FIFA. All the games that begin with F. I've not been playing Fallout actually. Press F to pay respects. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, Fortnite, yes. I've been getting into it again. I just, I like my solo wins. Yeah. Uh, oh, listen to me. I like my solo wins. <laughs> oh, dear. Hey, look, I managed to wreck my, uh, wreck up my 10th and 11th this weekend, so. <laughs> tell it's proper sweaty with it now, though, can't you? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I'm not swearing. I don't, I still don't build at all. I, I just, I refuse to build. I just let them build around me and then once they fall, Even I more just... so. It's like, I don't need that building work. Yeah, I don't need the building. <laughs> Well, you I've been for the like... high ground. I don't yeah. care. Yeah. <laughs> you have the high ground, I'll take the low ground. <laughs> I've been playing the new imposter game mode that they introduced in. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of news of the Among Us devs not being particularly happy. They kind of blatantly ripped them off. Mm. Um, but it's surprisingly. Oh, wait, hang on, hang on. Whoa, well, hang on. I thought there was like an official time. No, Isn't no, it? this was not an official time. Yeah, they were just oh. like, we'll take you more. Oh, we'll like, we'll like that game. Yeah. 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 I didn't know that. Yeah, no, it, it wasn't. They weren't best pleased. <laughs> um, it's a, it's an interesting take on the genre, though. Like, their, well, their version of it. Like, I do like that it's, like, obviously you play Fortnite in a third-person perspective. Things feel a bit different. So, like, you can get away with certain stuff like um, if you're an imposter, you can kill someone while someone else is running away and they're not going to find out until they come back later or something. But then you don't know if someone's behind you while you've killed someone. So that's adds a little kind of different dynamic to it. You have to be a little bit more careful about when you're the imposter. But some like some of the different sort of activities that you do to progress the tasks and whatnot are, are interesting. Like they're a little bit more varied than what Among Us have got. So you kind of got stuff like um, you could play in like a, a fighting game and you've got to mash a button for your character to win the game or something. Or you've got to clear up um, some tables of rubbish by throwing them into a trash can. Or there's there's different activities that make it feel a little bit. A little bit more varied than what Among Us has. Um, but the people are still just as stupid, if I'm honest. So, there's that. Um, I suppose my only other usual one that I've been playing is Wreckfest, just because I like wrecking cars. It's fun. It is fun. It is fun, Wreckfest. It's a good old jolly time. Um, we should probably so- play that on PS4 together. Should. Should, should do that and stop playing FIFA. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, what you do is you play FIFA, you get angry, and then you take your frustration out and wreck it. That's what you do. That's, that's how you do it. Um, but no, two new games I've actually been playing. Two brand new games. Um, oh, 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 surely not. <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so one that's on the PC uh, that I just got yesterday, actually, um, is a game called Orcs Must Die 3. Um, don't know if you've heard of it before. Like I've seen it before, but wasn't all that interested. But then my friends... Why must these orcs die? Tell me. Um, because they're trying to kill you. I don't know. Oh, well, I, I don't know the actual. <laughs> I don't know the, the story pretenses to it, but it's like um, it's basically a third-person um, sort of tower defense game, where each level um, there's normally sort of uh, two areas in which the orcs kind of do sort of a set set path, 
and you have to stop them from essentially getting to something that's called a rift, which is basically like your lifeline, essentially. Um, so you can select between two different characters that aren't too very greatly. Like the only difference is sort of their weapons. So um, one of them uses sort of a, a shotgun-esque kind of weapon and can levitate. And then the other one has sort of like a, a elemental bow and arrow. Um, although I don't know what his special power is because I've not really been using him. But essentially you just lay down traps and level and then you stop the orcs from progressing basically um each level introduces sort of a new type of orcs so some could be armored some some are sort of ogre sized which are a little bit more difficult um and you get introduced sort of to new traps and weapons that you can use throughout different the different levels as you progress and stuff um and then there's like um there's like a massive horde one um, where like each level, um, well not each level, each stage I just say there's just like about forty plus orcs coming through this like bridge and you have to sort of stop them from getting over and getting to the rift as well. It's uh it's it's been alright actually. I'm enjoying it so far. Um, just getting to the meat and bones of it really, learning more about the different um, traps that we can be used. Like some things like a like a tar traps so if they get into it they slow down um if you upgrade it enough they could set orcs on fire while they go over it or they slow down even more um and then there's ones that it's just like this massive launcher that just sends them into the air which is hilarious um so yeah been enjoying that so far on the pc um my other game that i've started and i'm gonna try and get more into it um was legend of zelda skyward sword hd on the switch so far, enjoying it. Um, the motion controls are, are pretty good. So depending on sort of where you swing, that's where your sword kind of goes, which is cool. Not got too far into it yet. Just started to learn some of the basic controls. Like I've literally just picked up um, what's called the goddess sword, which is like the precursor to the master sword. Hmm. So just got that. Um, also been flying with my Loftwing, which is like the, the bird that you can use to fly around and stuff. Controls are a bit iffy on that one though, because there's a lot of essentially motion controls. So like if you sort of steer it, so turn it left or the left, turn it right, goes right, and tilt it down to go down, pick up speed to pull it back up to get into higher heights. But initially I was really struggling with the tilting and the pulling up because you get so far and then it it starts like floating rather than going anywhere so you have to till it back down and that can be a bit of a pain if you if you have to reset your um gyro stuff it's a bit annoying but i, I started to get hang of it eventually once you start doing like a race and stuff so let's see how that goes but um so far i'm enjoying it i, I always enjoy zelda games so I look forward to uh, get back onto that, really. What about you, Nathan? What have you been playing? So I've been playing a bit of World of Tanks. So <laughs> this this game was kind of thrust upon me. <laughs> I wonder where you played that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so in Sheffield, for people who don't know, there's a um, 
there's a bar called Meltdown, and it's basically a an esports bar. So they've got like gaming yeah. machines there, Xboxes, Playstations, so you can just sit around, have a gaming themed cocktail if you want to, um, or or some beer and uh, play games. Yep. Great place. Um, so anyway, they were doing a promotion. Um, so if you signed up for a World of Tanks account, you got a free pint. So I'm like, yep, love free stuff. I'll give this a go. So yeah, I uh, signed up to my account, got into the comfy gaming chair that they provided, and um, I gave it a go. And to be honest, I had uh, I'm more fun than I thought. I died in about 10 seconds in my first go, but um, it was good. Um, so if you don't know what World of Tanks is, if the name's not enough for you, um, basically, um, you play um, a, like a war tank game. So you've got these basically two factions um, and you pick what tank you want. So there's a myriad of tanks. Personally, I picked the Fiat 3000 tank because I thought it would be the funniest. Um, and that's the one that I used. And uh, then I got into it. Now there's people that have put hundreds and thousands of hours into this it is fairly addicting because you can get into games fairly quickly so i can understand what how you can rack the time of playing it but yeah to, to be honest i'm not really used to using keyboard and keyboard keyboard and mouse to control things so it was a bit alien to me but um yeah i had a couple of rounds and um i've quite enjoyed it actually even though i died quickly it was good like rising around in my little fiat 3000 trying to shoot people with my tank so yeah, I, I ended up downloading it for the PS5, um, so I've got that on there now. Um, played a couple of games on there. Um, oh, I'm he's, addicted. Ju- he's addicted. I know, yeah, that's it. That's it. Well, the tanks is my life now. Um, and uh, it's a lot easier for me with the controller. It's, um, yeah, it's a bit more, built my, a bit more on my street. Um, so, yeah, i uh, been playing a bit of that. It's been good. Enjoying that. Apart from that, I've been playing a game called Unravel. Um, so it's a it's a puzzle platformer, um, and you play as a little yarn creature called Yarny. Um, and as you traverse through the levels, um, he basically uses his yarn up um, to to get to places. So as you get to certain points, you need to try and find yarn to add to Yarny. Otherwise, you can't continue to the next um, next location. So you've got to be clever in how you use the yarn because you can like lasso it on things to to get over things. You can then climb up it. Um, you can use the yarn to like pull certain things to um, get to certain areas. Um, when you first start the game, you're in like an old lady's house um, and you go into pictures to start the levels, which is which is quite um, quite nice actually. And sad as well, but I'll get get to that bit. So when you first start the game, you start on a table, and uh, there's like a memory book with like loads of Polaroid pictures in, but they've all they're all kind of um, fuzzy, so you can't really quite see what's going on. And from what I can gather, this um, it's just this old lady, and she's living on her own now because all her family have died, and it's a bit bleak. Um, and as you go into a picture, you see the picture of the family, and then it just cuts to like one person sitting on a bench for example and not the whole family um, as if they've been lost over the years and as you go through these levels it kind of you can relive the memories and you kind of fill this um, memory book up with pictures as you go through each of the levels which I think is quite nice um, so you kind of reliving their lives again and kind of getting those memories back 
Um, so the, the first level is in like you're going through a garden. Um, so it's about it's about like the, the, her children. So kids have got a tricycle um, and this kind of um, like toys and things. You see lots of memories of the kids. They eventually get filled up in the book. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just a really nice game. It's it's more emotional than I thought it'd be, because um, Yarny doesn't speak, but in in Yarny's actions, you 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 kind of know how how he or she's feeling, uh, whether Yarny's excited because he's just seen a magpie for the first time, or scared of a crab um, when you eventually get to the seaside level. Um, so crabs are weird. Yeah, they are weird. Um, yeah, you can you can die as well. So if the crab on the on the seaside level does get hold of you, you get snipped up, which is um, yeah not uh, not the nicest thing for Yarny. Uh, Yarny can also drown. Um, so there's like um, in the seaside level, the, you can rise the the water level rises and um, sinks. So Yarny can drown. That's quite stressful actually, because um, sometimes you've got to time your jump and things just right. And if you don't do that. Yarny will get wet and just drown eventually, and it's like, oh, poor Yarny. Um, I thought he would have floated. No, no, it just gets wet and um, and then drowns, sinks to the bottom of the sea. Oh, lovely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's um, it's just a, it's a it's a really nice game, and um, it it does make you um, it does it makes me emotional sometimes because when you finish a level. You get like a little badge to put on the memory book, and like Yarn is really happy, and then it like kisses it and stuff, and it's like, oh, it's so cute. Um, but yes, yeah, because some of the um, some of the bits in the levels have caught me out, so I've used too much yarn in a certain situation, and I've had to do. You can restart a certain segment if you think you've done it wrong, um, or you've or you need to restart a certain puzzle, uh, or if not, you'll need to just traverse back on your steps that you've made. Because um, you, ba- you can basically tie your yarn to certain things, and then if you tie your yarn to two um, parallel points, you can like bounce on it and uh, jump onto certain things. So there's like loads of ways that you can use the yarn to get through the level. So sometimes you just got to stop and think, like, what am I gonna, what do I need to do um, to get through this before actually going, and just making sure that you're using the yarn as sparingly as possible, but. Yeah, it's a, it's something a bit different. Um, I've I've only played the first one. Uh, I've not gotten to the second one yet. Um, but the second one has got co-op, so I'm hoping that I'll be able to play that with somebody and um, give that a try. Because I think it'd be a real good co-op game of two people coming together, having a conversation about the way that they think um, you need to get over something, and um, yeah, and then just do it. So yeah, that's that one. Um, and lastly, uh, funnily enough, I've been playing a little bit of Skyrim. Hmm. Um, so I, well, a few months ago now, I ended up buying the special edition. Um, to be honest, after after Mark was talking about his lightsaber, it made hmm. me think, oh, what can I, what mods can I do? Um, so I ended up buying the uh, special edition for the Xbox One. Um, and then so I had a little look through and uh, I've put, got a couple of mods on there. So... I, I'm in the world of Skyrim playing as Naruto. I've got my Naruto run mod on. And um, when a battle starts, I've got Sailor Moon music playing in the background. So it's pretty, pretty random. Um, 
I've not been, I've, I've only put about an hour into it so far. Um, so I've not got many of Naruto's attacks. Um, but um, it's, it's, it's fun and it just gives another dynamic. I'm going to see what other mods I can put in and just absolutely get it as crazy as possible. Because um, it is not, it is cool because um, in the mod section, there's like a little search and then you can search for like little things that you want to try and find and then apply them to the game. Um, some of them can be game breaking, so you just need to be careful of that. Uh, but I've not come across any mods that have broken the game totally yeah. just yet. But um, no, it's fun. Um, I, I think I'd like to see more games like incorporate mods and like a mod section. So it could be a bit more like PC. Because that's one thing that I think console games generally miss. Just that, um, what's it called? The community creating things and being able to use that in game. Because a lot of the time there's some good stuff there that we, we miss out on, unfortunately. But yeah, um, that's all been played. Shall we get on to the question? Yes, we shall. The question is, what video game do you consider to be most overrated? Now, the, we have a few rules to this. One, we've got to have played the game, obviously. <laughs> uh, secondly, we basing this off the Metacritic scores. So it has to have over an 80 Metascore or over and over an 8.0 user score. Mm-hmm. That's the rules. Shall I begin? Yeah, please yeah, do. Okay, so mine, with a meta score of 88 and a user score of 8.3, and this is on PlayStation, mine is What Remains of Edith Finch. <gasps> Have you played it? I love that game. Oh, here we go. <laughs> this is going to be fun. Ouch. Yeah. So if you've not played it, uh, this is a first-person walking simulator slash exploration game where you play as the titular Edith Finch, and she's a teenager who returns to her family home after a period of absence. And this this house is now empty, and this is because the Finch family is thought to be cursed, uh, which leads to all but one member of each generation of the family to die in unusual circumstances. Uh, and in the game, basically you just walk around the house and you explore people's bedrooms, etc. And you end up playing a series of vignettes, don't you? For each yeah. family member. And in their final moments. So you, it's a large family and you see how they snuffed it, basically. And I just some of them are just in the silliest of circumstances. Um, it seemed to get rave reviews, this game, and I don't really know why. Because as I was playing it, I just thought the whole overarching story, this whole curse thing... Mm. I found it ridiculous. I really did. Um, I remember playing it with each story that got told. There was a lot of eye rolling for me. I was just like, I just couldn't get on, on board with the preposterous nature of it. And about halfway through the game, you also learn something about Edith Finch. And I remember just stopping that moment and going, oh, come on. We know exactly where this is going now. I mean, I'll, I'll give it credit for one thing, and that there's... One very good uh, vignette that involves chopping up fish, which you'll probably know what I'm talking about, and that does a very interesting job of tackling the subject of like mental health. That's good. The rest of it, I thought, was utter tripe. I don't, I don't understand people's love for it. I thought the the plot was just daft. I think it was trying to be too emotional for emotional sake. I didn't care about any of the characters, to be quite honest. It just did. I just it just didn't engage with me, and I don't yeah. understand its love. 
I think I enjoy it for the exploration side of it because I think it's design. The house's design is really. I enjoyed that because you had um, different crevices and nooks and crannies you could find in each room, and it really told a story about the person that you were trying to find out about. For me, anyway, um, I just enjoyed the exploration side of it. I, th- I think it's but the walking around the exploration bit is fine but i just think it's that overarching the the, the nature of what's happening mm. i just found it absurd and every time it just like these vignettes all just obviously you knew where each vignette were going to go these people will die you know so that's what it's going to but it's just like i just i didn't care i just didn't it was just you know, weird. one thing i thought was quite weird the bird bit do you remember that bird bit was it so, the bit when you're when you're hopping so, from like tree to tree and then you start to fly? Is that when you're the young girl? Yeah, I think it's, it's a cat originally. I'm yeah, sure. that's it. You become a cat and then eventually you start to fly at one point. Yeah, yeah. I just I thought it was just utter bizarre, really. I just I, I don't I don't know. I, you know, clearly a lot of people love it, but I just went, what? I don't know. There's not much else I can say. I think it's just the overarching plot the story of that. I just I couldn't get on board. I just couldn't get on board. Just not for me. And I and it's not anything against walking simulators or anything like that because I like there's plenty of walking. Yeah, you love simulation games, so yeah, I mean uh everybody's gone to the rapture. I absolutely loved. Yeah. yeah, just weren't for me. But that's that's what I've gone with. Go on, Nathan. I'd like to say I'm sorry about this, Matt, but I'm not because it's an absolutely. <laughs> oh, it's a. It's what? It's a. It's a crap game. I don't think that was it. Either. <laughs> um. Are we all so... just going to slate something that somebody else loves? Yeah. Is Matt going to slate off something that I like? Oh, go on. We we shall see. Go on. Yeah. I know what he's going to go for now. Do you? I don't. Go on. <laughs> right. So. With a meta score of 80 and a user score of 8.6, I've gone for Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate. Now, this was this is and still remains the first Monster Hunter game I've ever played. And I'm not gonna lie, I think this has probably put me off a life of playing a Monster Hunter game. Ooh. He says as I recall him playing Monster Hunter World at some point. That never passed the hour test, so it don't count. Um, <laughs> Um, um, so yeah, I um, I put about fifteen or twenty hours into this, and what a waste of time it was. Where do I begin? Well, I'll I'll just give you a quick synopsis of what Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate is. So, if I'm not mistaken, it's a remake of a is it a DS game? Um, um not really a remake, sort of a like the next edition up sort of thing, like hmm. a, a like a like a port, but you've added more to it, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, you you play as this uh, monster hunter, as is the name, and you hunt these dinosaur-looking monsters down, and you try to kill them, or you get killed yourself. I mean, for the first for the first few hours, it was it was okay. You you explored, you found these creatures, um, you killed them. Um, I did feel bad killing some of the young, some of the smaller creatures because they were pretty cute to be honest but anyway you slaughtered the younglings i did <laughs> slaughter the younglings oh, God. but i just I did, I did that to try and get the uh, the big one lord in 
um, to take notice, but anyway. Okay, Anakin. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but then eventually my gripes started to um, appear. So let's get started with the item storage. It's just absolutely outdated. You had to, you get all this stuff, like when you're out hunting uh, monsters, so you get loot and stuff. You got to go back to your camp and then put it into this like box thing. And then you, it's just like they're going backwards and forwards all the time to have to move things. It's like, why can't I have a bag that can let me hold pretty much as much as I want, just like on Pokemon? That'd be great. And then it going from area to area, there was like a slight loading section. And, and I think that took away from the immersion of the game because when I'm, when I'm chasing after something, I just want to go after it. I don't want to have to wait around for loading screens. And then if I'm, if I'm waiting for the lo loading screen, then that monster does something. As I'm just loading into the game, then I'm a bit buggered at that stage because I'm already on the back foot. Um, and then after that, it was just like the grinding nature of it. And there was a point where it was just too much for me. I mean, I know that some people really like the grind and they, they enjoy that kind of gameplay, but it's just not for me. I just didn't see anything moving forward in terms of whatever story the game was trying to tell. It just seemed, it just got really boring. <laughs> and, that, and, that, and that was it. Just the antiquated um, storage system, going backwards and forwards, the loading screens, and the gameplay itself was boring. Just in general, fighting the monsters got boring. And that, and that were it. That's why it's that's why it's there. Just get angry thinking about it, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> the, the time that I've wasted on that game. So did you did you stop before the one hour then? No, no, because like I gave it a good crack. I thought it's it's my first monster hunter game. I'll I'll give it a I'll give it a fair crack. And that's why I spent so much time on it, because I thought eventually it's got to get better. Yeah, it's gotta get good at something. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe I should have put more time in. I don't know if it, if it would have changed my view on it, but I, I, th I feel that I gave it. That's the thing. Well, that's it. Yeah, that's why I've got the hour thing now. It's like if it doesn't if it doesn't grasp me in that amount of time, it, it probably never will, and then that's it. It's gone. But yeah, um, so that's my pick: Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate in the bin. Right, go on, Matt. Break my heart. <laughs> Feel like I've been personally insulted or something. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've been attacked. Yeah. To be fair, I I, I think uh, those are fair criticisms of that game. Um, I I tell you to play World because it does improve. There's a lot of quality of life improvements over it. Like there's no loading in between areas. You can chase mm. the monster through that like one whole area. There's a lot less item management that you need to do in that yeah i have um, got that so i might i might give it a go well yeah i think that's fair criticisms um this has been a actually a really hard question for me so i've been trying to search i've been like you just like, had so many <laughs> yeah it's not that like i had so many it was sort of it was trying to find ones that i could at least say oh it, the user score it goes against what I think, but it doesn't. <laughs> um, so it's been a tough one. I've had to, I've had to purely pick this based on my personal feelings of how 
the game ends. Not mo- not so much as like how I think up until that point I really enjoyed it, and then the ending kind of brings it down. Maybe not to a point of it being overrated, but certainly shouldn't be sort of the score they got. So for me, um, so my choice that I went with was um, Metal Gear Solid V: The Phantom Pen. What was the score? So the critic score was of 93. Uh, it does have a user score of 8.2. But I'm thinking I'm, I'm ba- I've mainly based this more on the critic score than the user score. I think purely because I think as I described the ending, it doesn't have an ending. I've still like played this yet. You still not played it? Wow. No, still not played it. It's on, it's on my back. So now I'm going to try and avoid spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm kind of giving you a sort of a big one. Um, the the gameplay itself is fine. I do think out of sort of all of the Metal Gear Solids, this has the best gameplay in terms of a variety of ways you can approach the game and approach missions. The story is as convoluted of a Kojima story as you probably get. Maybe outside of Death Stranding, I don't know. Minecraft is telling me on that one. The the multiplayer that was added to it is I don't think needed necessarily. So when I say multiplayer, there's a part in the game where you you create your own, I suppose, headquarters called um, using these sort of big rigs where you create different departments. Each department has its own specialities on the more you upgrade certain things, you'll you unlock more different upgrades. So if you ever played something like Peace Walker, it's it's very similar to that. Mm. Yeah. So you go into levels, you can recruit soldiers by knocking them out and then fault on them out. And depending on their the, the level of speciality that they have, they can help add to you know to that department that you will unlock more weapons or equipment and whatnot, which is good. Um, I, I think that part of the game is good. Otherwise, there is a lot to it. Um, the, the multiplayer though um, was a bit. I don't think necessarily needed because, like, as you as you progress through the game, you end up getting essentially like nuclear weapons, um, and then other other players can essentially infiltrate your base and sort of steal. Yeah, I don't like this sort of stuff. I don't like the. Like, I don't they like can the come in and they can steal equipment. Like you can sell defenses, like um, your NPCs, and you can like upgrade their equipment and whatnot. And they can help try and defend off this person or if you get lured to them you can stop your mission go back to hq and essentially fight them in effect um to stop them from stealing all your equipment and what um can you switch that off don't or do i have to just pull uh, into that cable there? yeah you'd probably just have to go offline basically um i don't know if it's still currently active now but that was a bit annoying because that it's it's a part of the game that like pulls you away from the immersion and, and then like what you're doing basically like it's a bit like fallout 4 for me hmm. there's like parts where you build settlements but then there's this one guy that you meet early on that you help with the settlements and then he keeps on alerting you that other settlements are under danger and while i'm like halfway through a main mission i'm just like um there's more important things <laughs> please stop telling me that things are under attack i don't need to i don't care <laughs> Um, so that part was strange. I think the story as well. I, I literally, I think my main gripe is the story because 
towards the end, it does feel somehow a little rushed, and then certain plot points don't get filled in. Right. Which, for a, for a, obviously for a Kojima game, like he he fills in pretty much every plot point, even if it makes sense or not. <laughs> Especially if you play Metal Gear yeah, Solid. There's usually holes filled, but what is filled? Yeah, with. the, the <laughs> fill with is a bit like you might like or you might not like it. Yeah. Could be concrete. Could be dog. Uh, could be custard as well I suppose so I think that really soured me like at the end that I was like I went from this is like usually Kojima's best game ever to like clearly something happened obviously there was a controversy around the game anyway because like I think towards the end of its marketing um, Kojima got sacked um, and the game wasn't quite finished at that point. So, mm. yeah. There's just there's little bits here and there as well. But like, every mission you start always has to say, Hideo Kojima game, basically. Like, every mission, that thing comes up. It's like, just every to remind mission. you. That Does it? Every mission, yeah. <laughs> Honestly. Just in case you forgot. I think wow. it was just his way of, like... Leaving his mark on the game. Kanami yeah. That they can get <laughs> away with game. what they were doing. Yeah. yeah. You can take my name it's off my the front cover, but you're not taking it from yeah. every mission. You're not no, going to bother uh, doing that. A bit of controversy over Quiet, but I thought that was... It was a stupid, convoluted reason as to why she was wearing as little as she did, but that's Kojima. Yeah, let's let's be honest. Uh, female characters in the Metal Gear Solid games have never been exactly... Treated very yeah, well. Treated. <laughs> yeah. Solid Snake, the sexual predator. Mm. To be quite honest, yeah. Yes, especially. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think it's just it's just me and this story that's this really took me down from where it should be. Hmm. No, that's my choice. I think we've all kind of attacked each other in this uh, segment. Yeah, because I get the feeling that if I'd played Metal Gear, I would have loved it. But <laughs> you might do, you might do if if you go if you go through it eventually. Did you play Ground Zeroes? No, I not played that yet. Jesus Christ. Because there's, no there's no point in playing that, and then because it's only about half an hour long or something, isn't it? It's not very long at all. Well, there's like a lot of additional challenges to it as well. Well, yeah, yeah. But I've got yeah, the, um, the actual stories about it. Often. I bought the definitive edition like on the cheap. It was literally about a fiver. So, yeah. so you got Ground Zeroes and Phantom Pain, which was like incredible quality. But the thing is, I actually bought the game, the, the original game, when it came out. I think just it's never fun. played it. <laughs> yeah. And some reason I just went and bought the definitive edition. Maybe because it was just convenient that it was digital and only yeah, one package. Five. I don't know. Yeah, five or so. Yeah, well, get it. Well, well, there you have it. That's the games we feel are overrated. Do you agree? Tweet us. Send us your most hated games. That all the people <laughs> love. <laughs> uh, so if you enjoyed listening to us, please consider tuning in next time. We release by week on Tuesdays. You can visit our website at junkandolphin.com where we post the Hall of Fame. Also, feel free to follow us on all social media platforms to continue the conversation. You can find Joking Dolphin on YouTube and Facebook, as well as on Instagram and Twitter at Joking Dolphin. Until next time, thanks for listening. Goodbye. Cheers. Bye-bye.